Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome back to Podcast 7 Foot Heart on Spotify. Today we have a special guest, Coach Hal Whistle, with us on the phone. Coach Hal Whistle, how are you? I'm great, except for this virus going around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Everybody on that podcast, you better stay safe, all of you. <laughs> yeah, we're trying to stay safe. So, Coach, can you give us a little background about where, where you've uh, coached uh, college and in the NBA uh, coaching you have? Yeah, all right, I'm, I'm going to go fast on this. Yeah, whip it through, baby. Yeah. <laughs> well, when I was uh, young, like an eight-year-old, and, and then until uh, I was like 10 or, or 11 or 12, uh, baseball was my sport. And uh, we didn't have Little League. They got Little League when I became 13, so <laughs> I was too old for Little League. But what we did was a bit... You know, we we were on a dirt field with, you know, little rocks and pebbles on it. And uh, I love baseball so much that I uh, I formed my own team. And we played other base uh, playground teams. And that was in New Rochelle, New York. And uh, I coached the team, played. And uh, the reason I coached the team was I used to shine shoes at the train station. And, uh, you know, these guys were were commuting from New Rochelle on the New Haven Railroad down to Grand Central Station. And and uh, they would say to me, how much for the shine? I'd say, three cents. And they'd look at me, I'd say, two cents for you. <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, I'd get them, I'd, I'd shine their shoes as they were, before they got on the train. And that was in the morning. And then when they were coming back after five o'clock, I'd shine them again. And I'd make a dollar a day, basically. And I'd go to the sporting goods shop. uh, And I would, uh, for a dollar, I could buy a bat. And for 60 cents, I could buy a baseball. Wow. And uh, so I had the bat, I had the ball. You know, if the bat broke, we put little nails in it and tape it up. <laughs> and if the ball got all worn out, we put tape on that. So that's what we did. And we made up our own games, you know. So if we, I'm not going to get into that, but if we only had two guys out there, you know, we'd be playing one against one. If we had uh, uh, four guys, it was two against two. That's awesome. And you, you'd pitch to your own teammate, and you wouldn't run the bases. But <laughs> you know, if you if 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 it got by the infielders, that would be a, a single. So you'd say there's a man on first base. You didn't run it out. You just say there's a man on first. <laughs> and if it got by the outfielders, that would be uh, a double, you know, or a triple, depending on how far it went. And if it, if it uh, went into the big tree out in left center field, that would be a triple. But if you caught it out of the tree, that's an out. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> but we just made up our own games. And then uh, we'd schedule other playgrounds. And, and I would uh, go over the guys' houses and say, get out of bed. We've got a game in, 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 uh, <laughs> you know, in 30 minutes. That's right? awesome. It was great. So then they got literally, you know, we made our own shirts. You get a t-shirt and you're dying on the letters. 
I don't know if you remember. You probably wouldn't know about that. No. You get these little letters. You iron them onto your shirt. Yeah. And the baseball hat, and you iron iron on on that. So. Definitely. So. Anyway. When was so, go ahead. Yeah. So. Uh, you know, playing baseball, I. I had it in our apartment building. We lived in a apartment building over an ice cream soda pop place, you know. And uh, one of my uh, neighbors, right, you know, in the, up 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 uh, on the second floor of the apartment building, he he was a baseball player, and he was older. He was like four years older than me. But if they didn't have a, uh, you know, they needed a player. Then they'd call me and, and I'd play right field <laughs> on that team. And then, uh, so the reason I mentioned all this, it was the best thing that happened to me because if, if I played Little League like they do today, the parents are involved and everything. The only thing, my mother, she'd bring water out on the field, something like that. <laughs> but it was great. So then I went to New Rochelle High School and uh, you know the coach there uh, the, he was new from he was from Springfield College where I eventually went he says where are you going to college I said we don't have any money for college because we had a little uh, grocery store that we leased from the butcher and uh, so we didn't have a lot of money and, and I played uh, he said uh, but I also uh, he said uh where are you going to school? I said, I'm not going to school. They're not giving out baseball scholarships. And I also started on the football team at Nourishville High School. And and uh, I was 157 pounds on the football team. I started. <laughs> nice. So I wasn't going to get a football scholarship. And then basketball, I was good. But, uh, you know, they, not, not good enough for a scholarship. And anyway, so... He said, no, you're going to college. I said, no, I'm going to play minor league baseball, which I was good enough to do. And he says, no, you, you're going to college. I said, I told you, we don't have enough money for college. <laughs> he, says, he said, where there's a will, there's a way. And he drove me up to Springfield College with uh, a track athlete. And uh, I loved it up there. So I worked three jobs every summer. Right? Yep. And I... I had Monday Monday nights off, <laughs> and uh, so I had those three jobs. And then uh, when I was in college, uh, I worked two hours every day while I was in college, and and so I I did I worked hard on my grades and everything. And if you're a physical education major, you you take all the sciences. Yep, and you also take uh, uh, the skill classes you know there were like 18 skill classes that we took over the four years and uh, so uh, I went out I got got my master's degree at Indiana University the coach was Branch McCrack and he, he he won two national championships when he was at Indiana and uh, when I got back uh where I did my student teaching was Pelham High School, 
And uh, so when I got back after getting my master's, uh, they hired me. I did two years of high school coaching, football, basketball, and assistant track coach. And then I went up to a football clinic at Springfield College and I asked my coach, who was a Hall of Famer, I said, I'd like you to recommend me to John Bunn, who was a Hall of Famer, but he was at Colorado State College. And uh, my coach said, no. (laughs) (laughs) He said, because you're going to get your doctorate here. Nice. and And you'll coach freshman basketball and freshman baseball. So I did. I put that year in. And then he wanted to move me up to assistant coach the next year. But uh, there was a coach at Trenton State College. He, he was the athletic director. And uh, he said he kept recruiting me to go to Trenton State College. So I, you know, I went down and visited and I told him, no, I'm going to stay at Springfield. He kept recruiting me. He kept <laughs> <after> me. <laughs> So I, I took the job at Trenton State. I coached uh, physical education classes, the, uh, you know, foundations of physical education, all those classes. And uh, uh, I coached the team, and the team had only, they had eight straight losing seasons. And uh, we had like a 500 season the first year, and then we, we kept improving, and we actually won the... Uh, uh, NAIA regional and were invited out to the NAIA national championship. It's great. It's great. So then that summer, Lafayette called me, the athletic director there, and he said, uh, well, my wife told me he was going to call. So she said, would you like to coach at Lafayette? I said, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Lafayette was division one, tough, tough conference at that time because we played all the uh, big five schools as well as the, uh, the you know, these schools on, on one side of the conference, which was Lafayette, Lehigh, Colgate, Bucknell, you know, those schools. Yeah, great conference. Yeah. So anyway, uh, so I'm there four years. I built the program. And then Fordham called me. They wanted me to coach at Fordham. So I coached at Fordham for five years. And that's when I found out about all the cheating going on. <laughs> you know, I knew that Syri- we, when I was at Lafayette, we played Syracuse. I know they were cheating, you know, and uh, we played NYU and Lou Rossini's a great guy, great coach. He was cheating, not on the level of Syracuse. So when I got to Fordham, everybody was cheating. We played the toughest schedule in the country. And... Uh, so I I was not going to cheat, and uh, we went after the toughest players, you know, the best players in the in New York City and Connecticut, etc. And uh, so that was tough. So I finally said enough of this. Uh, I went with Uvi Brown in Atlanta as an assistant coach, and we had two assistant coaches: Frank Layden, who later was the coach of Utah. Jazz, and then uh, so anyway, so that was was great coaching, but with UB and being on the staff with Frank Layden and uh, and UB, so uh, Ted Turner bought the team, 
you know, who started CNN and all of that. Ted Turner bought the team, and he hires the former commissioner of the ABA, uh, Mike Storen. And Yubi says, "Oh, geez, he hired that guy. He says <laughs> that guy's going to come in here as the general manager, and he's going to try to tell me how to coach." And he's a, he was a ticket salesman. That was his big thing. But he was, he's going to try to tell me how to coach. So the first thing he did was say, "You don't need two assistant coaches." So, so Yubi says, "Don't worry, Hal. If if, if I get fired, uh, we'll go to New Orleans or we'll go to Milwaukee. I get either of those jobs." And uh, I'm saying to myself, "I don't want to move my family all over the place." Yep. I had four sons at the time. Later, a daughter, and so uh, I took. The, I interviewed for different jobs: Oklahoma State, uh, Evansville, and uh, I took the job at Florida Southern. They were Division Two, but the president of the school came up to Atlanta and, and interviewed me. And I said, uh, "I'm not going to cheat." And I, you know, so he offered me the job. And uh, at at Florida Southern, and uh, I said, "Well, you know, if we if if we do well, he says, yeah, if you do well, we'll go Division One. Well, we did great. You know, we played twelve Division Ones every year, and and we'd have a you know a great record against them. We we beat teams that were in the uh, NCAA Division One tournament, like LaSalle." Like uh, Holy Cross at the time, like like Northeastern, where uh, Jim Calhoun was coaching at the time. Nice. And uh, and we we did great against all of them. We beat team. We beat Florida by thirty points for Florida. <laughs> and uh, we beat South Carolina with Frank McGuire when I was at Fordham. We could never beat them. And so we had, you know, we I worked hard at recruiting. We got good players. And. Uh, You know, it was it was great. So anyway, I uh, I eventually uh, when I was at Fordham and everybody's cheating and I'm not going to cheat and I'm graduating everybody. And, uh, I finally uh, said enough with this cheating stuff, and I went to Florida Southern, and uh, we did great at Florida Southern. So from there, uh, uh, when uh, I, I was became an assistant coach at uh, with the Milwaukee Bucks, and then uh, Willis Reed was at uh, he was the uh, president of basketball at uh, the New Jersey Nets. And he hired me uh, to be his director of player personnel. So I had, I was, I did that. I did a great job with that. They, everybody loved it. But then they fired the basketball coach, and uh, so uh, they they thought they were going to get Rick Pitino, but he was just leading them on. So then the. Uh, The uh, new new guy uh, that took Willis Reed's place, uh, he he went after Calipari. 
So, so then I was assistant coach with Calipari. And from there, uh, they fired Calipari, so I was out. And then uh, I went with the Dallas Mavericks as advanced scout. And I also did developmental work with the players at Dallas. And then the next thing happened was uh, uh, Yubi, who had great years with uh, the Knicks. He was the coach of the Knicks, Yubi Brown. And uh, then uh, he had Bernard King. I don't know if you know that name. But yeah, he was, yep. He was great. And uh, Bernard King uh, hurt his knees, and he was out. And then the other the other guys got hurt on the Nick team. And the next thing, they fired Yubi. And he went uh, and he started doing the being the analyst, which he's still the best analyst in doing NBA games. But uh, I said, Yubi, you're a great analyst, but you should be coaching. And I used to tell him that for 10 years. <laughs> And then I finally stopped. He used to say, why would I do that? And and so I stopped telling him. And then five years after that, <laughs> Jerry West hires him. Jerry West took over as president of basketball with the Memphis Grizzlies. And uh, he hires Yubi. So Yubi called me. Right? <laughs> and, uh, oh, geez. I was, at the time, That's I guess great. I was doing scouting for Dallas. And, and uh, I, was, I just did a, uh, I scouted uh, Cleveland and I scouted, uh, I forget the other one, I think it was Toronto. And uh, so I'm writing up the reports and Yubi calls me at noon. He says, and normally when Yubi calls, you know, we have a horse farm, he'd say, is, is this ranch barbecue? <laughs> <laughs> Were you out riding silver this morning? <laughs> but this time he gets on the phone and he goes, Hal, you, I got to make this quick. I'm going to, I'm going to coach the Grizzlies. That's <laughs> he hilarious. Says, I want, I want, he says, I'm keeping the coaches, but I, you're the only coach I'm going to hire that's not with the team already. <laughs> right. So, uh, I said, uh, he says, think about it. I said, I don't have to think about it. I have it in my Dallas contract. I can go if I get a assistant coaching job, you know. And and, and uh, so, so anyway, I said, I don't have to think about it. You know, what time's your, what time's your uh, press conference? <laughs> he said, it's, it's at 7 o'clock. He says, but there are no direct flights. This is how organized. <laughs> no direct flights from from Hartford, you know, because that's where we were living. Uh, there's no direct flights from Hartford to <laughs> to Memphis. I said I can get a flight. I said I can drive. I can fly to Cleveland and then Cleveland to Memphis. I I can get there by six o'clock, right? He says. Great. He says, call, and he gave me the secretary's name. You know, call Ann, and, and she'll make the, uh, get you the tickets to go. That's great. So I called her, and uh, now he had called at 12. We talked for a half hour. Now I had to 
I just threw stuff into a bag. I mean, just <laughs> clothes in, right? And I get to the airport, and the flight's supposed to leave at 2.20, and I'm there at 2 o'clock. And they said, uh, well, you know, you, you can make the 2.20 flight, but uh, we have to look through your bag. I said, I'll never make it. <laughs> so they looked through the bag. They said, okay, go. It's the farthest gate from from the ticket counter. Of course it is. <laughs> right. so, so I'm running to the ticket, and and I get to the uh, to the gate, and they're closing the door at the gate. I says, hold it, hold it, don't close that door, you know. And so now they have to look through my bag. That's great. <laughs> so I finally get I get on the plane, go to Cleveland, go to get to Memphis. I get to Memphis at six. There's a limo there to pick me up. And uh, the first guy I see is Pal Gasol. <laughs> now, before before uh, Jerry West took over there, their general manager was uh, uh, anyway. He hired me. He says I want you to go to Barcelona and teach Pal Gasol a jump shot. It was it was Dick Versace. I don't know if you know that name, but. Yeah, I've heard Six of him. Yeah. Place, uh, coached at Bradley, and he did well. But uh, he uh, he he says, I'm, "I said, wait a minute. He was rookie of the year." I said, "You're telling me he doesn't have a jump shot?" <laughs> he says, "No." I said, "How do you, he scored 17 points a game? How do he score?" He said, "He said, well, he ran the floor. He got offensive rebounds. He made some a couple of drives a game, you know." And that's how he scored 17, right? So he says, I want you to go out there and uh, we're going to send you a uh, uh, one of these uh, shooting machines, you know? Yep. And, I, you know, I don't I don't use shooting machines. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I didn't tell him that. Yeah, yeah. The shooting, the, the shooting machine came the day we were going to... We were there three weeks. And, and when I'm... <laughs> When we're leaving, the, the shoes machine got there. <laughs> so anyway, uh, uh, I I worked with Pow and I see him there and and, uh, and uh, I say, Pow, you think you're working hard? Oh yeah, I'm working hard. And I said, no, no, I'm going to teach you what hard work is. And so I would work with him two hours every morning nice. and two hours every afternoon. And uh, when I I told Dick Versace, I said, you got to give me a first class ticket, right? So he says, no problem. Well, I turned the first class ticket into uh, three regular, you know, regular tickets. Yeah. And I, I took my two of my sons, my son Scott and my son Paul. So I took them with me. That's awesome. And... Uh, we had three weeks uh, in Barcelona. What a great experience, huh? I, and I taught Pal not only to shoot a jump shot, but I taught him all his post-up moves. Nice. And and he, you know, he he used those moves uh, for his entire career. Definitely. Yeah, long-time friend, great friend. That's awesome. Hey, coach. You know, yes. younger younger coaches trying to, to get into the uh, into the college coaching or in the NBA yeah. and you know what's some advice you would give them 
All right, I'll tell you what I did. Uh, when I was at Trenton State, uh, I uh, I went to, uh, I had my first son, was like nine weeks old when we moved from Springfield to Trenton State. Yep. And uh, to Trenton. And uh, so uh, I went to a clinic. You know, they used to have all the, you know, now they have what? The Nike clinics or whatever? Yeah, they have elite camps and and, then at the colleges usually now. Yeah, so I I did uh, uh, this clinic and and it was uh, run by uh, Bill Russell, who at the time was coaching at Rutgers. Uh, Bill Foster, I should say. Bill Foster. And the other the other guy was a Minneapolis Lakers player. That, and so Foster and, and that, pl- that player f- from the Minneapolis Lakers at the time, they did the, the clinic. And the first guy on their staff was John Wooden. <laughs> so John Wooden, uh, and it was a sold-out clinic. There was like 500 coaches there. And uh, he talked about his pyramid of success. Yep. So I really liked it, but the uh, that was about half of the coaches didn't want to hear that. They wanted to hear about his UCLA offense and his, at the time his uh, full court press and and uh, so you know I really liked the pyramid of success. So my wife went with me. Because her, her in-laws, I mean, her parents, my in-laws, uh, they were living in Wilkesbury, and they drove down to Trenton, and they babysat my son. And so she goes, she's with the, at the clinic with me, <clears throat> and she said, go, go tell Coach Wooden how much you liked his uh, pyramid of success. I said, he didn't have time for me, <laughs> right? So she <laughs> go up there. She pushed me up there. And so I go up and uh, I, I see Coach Wooden and I said to him, I said, you know, and I told him the story about, you know, my wife's with me because uh, our nine-week-old son, the, uh, the, her parents were babysitting for us, right? So uh, he says, uh, you got pictures of your son? I said, oh, yes, of course. So... I show him a picture of my son, a couple of pictures of me, nine weeks old. And then he starts taking out photos of his grandchildren. Hmm. So we talked, are you ready for this? Yeah. We, we talked, oh, oh, about an hour and a half. <laughs> so the next day, uh, he's speaking again. But before he goes up to speak... Uh, the uh, uh, Jack Donahue, who coached Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who was Lou Alcindor at the time, and he coached uh, at Power Memorial in New York City. Doesn't exist anymore. But uh, anyway, uh, so he he goes up. Jack Donahue introduces himself to Coach Wooden. And uh, they start talking about Lou Alcindor, right? And Wooden said, well, you know, I don't, I don't, uh, 
recruit. That's what he says. He says, I don't recruit. He says, uh, so uh, if he wants to go to UCLA, just tell his, tell his parents, I'll, if he signs with us, I'll go meet them. Right? How about that one? <laughs> so Jack Donahue, after Power Memorial, he went up and coached at Holy Cross High School. Yep. I'm not Holy Cross, Holy Cross uh, College. Yep. And he did well there, but they eventually fired him. And he wound up coaching the Canadian national team. And he did that, oh, geez, 15 or 20 years he was there. And and he was Mr. Basketball of Canada. That's Jack, uh, Jack Donahue. It's amazing, right? Yeah, incredible. So now in the summer, uh, Bill Foster, the Rutgers coach, and Harry Litwack, who was a great coach at Temple, they ran the Pocono Mountain basketball camp in the Poconos. And can you imagine John Wooden speaking for a week at that camp? And so the end of the summer, last week of the camp there and John Wooden went to the camp and uh, at that time uh, I would just drive up there and watch him uh, teach and he did his three line drills you know very famous for that yep. and and uh, I was able to have lunch with him so Games, you know, the NCAA championship games, he won his first championship the winter before. Uh, that was 1964. And he had Walt Hazard and Gail Goodrich on his team with two guards. When he won the, the championship, his tallest player was 6'5". Wow. Right? And uh, they pressed. They used a 2-2-1 press. So anyway, you, the, the games were not on TV. But you could write to the NCAA and get the 35 millimeter film of the Final Four. So I would study that film. And uh, then I'd have lunch with John Wooden. And I'd talk to him and I'd say, you know, Coach, when you talk about your UCLA offense, you talk about... uh, the point guard hitting the wing, cutting off the high post, and then getting a down screen from the from the uh, wing who hit the high post, and, and then the wing's going to go down on screen, right? And uh, you always talked about the the strong side all the time, and I said, but I watched the film of your championship game, your semifinal game and championship game, and I said. When when the uh, high post got the ball, he didn't look strong side. He looked for the weak side ducking <laughs> by, the, <laughs> by the board on the other side. He was ducking in, and he'd look for him for about a second or two. And then if he couldn't hit him there, the wing would go up to the weak side elbow, right? And and uh, the the high post would hit him over there, and. Uh, the guard that that didn't cut through, he would he would cut off that elbow, or if he couldn't hit it, the the uh, ducking guy went up to the elbow. He would hit the 
the uh, offside guard at the top, and the offside guard, if he was played tight, would pass to the wing and cut off him or backdoor down the middle. And I said, if <laughs> and I said, if if uh, if they were playing soft, then the the guard would dribble off of him, right? Yep. And uh, so it'd be, be pick and roll type of thing. And then the next year, after Walt Hazard wasn't there anymore, uh, Gail Goodrich in the championship game, I, I forget who they were playing. I think it might have been Michigan. He scored 41 points. Wow. Dribbling off that high post or passing and cutting off it. So Gail Goodrich later on, I uh, was doing something like this for you. They they had, uh, they interviewed me on uh I forget the uh, the station, but Gail Goodrich was was so happy hmm. to see me. <laughs> I didn't even know him. You know, I know him as a player. I didn't even know him. <laughs> he knew about me. Probably wouldn't told him. I don't know. Yeah, you're big time, man. So, <laughs> just telling the people that are listening who want to get into coaching, I went to more clinics than anybody. They used yeah. to have a lot of clinics. And they didn't charge that much, not like what they do now. Yeah. And uh, so I went to all the clinics, and I saw I went to three clinics that Wooden was at. That's awesome. And uh, you know, uh, I remember one of the clinics. It was John Wooden talking about his press defense, and then it was Jack Ramsey, the great Jack Ramsey. Yep. Talked about his diamond and one full three-quarter court press, one-two-one-one, three-quarter court. And then we had uh, Bobby Davies. Now, you wouldn't know that name, but Bobby Davies played at Seton Hall, and then he went up to uh, play with the Rochester Royals, and they won the uh, NBA championship when he was with the Rochester Royals. The Rochester Royals later became the Cincinnati Royals. And and then they uh, became the Kansas City team, etc. Nice. So, uh, so definitely clinics. Bobby Davies was a uh, representative for Converse. This is before Nike ever existed. Yep. And uh, so he was a rep, for, and I and he would come by and come by Lafayette when I was at Lafayette, and he'd want to take me to lunch, and well, he was a great guy. So he was. The other speaker at the uh, at that clinic it was at Adelphi University, and uh, so he Bobby Davies says, "Well, this is how you're going to beat the press," you know. <laughs> he thought and he was a great passer. He's talking about how how you'd beat it, and he'd go over all the different passes. And then the final speaker at that clinic at Adelphi University was a high school coach. <laughs> really. And the high school coach was Frank Layden. You remember I talked about him? Yeah. So Frank, uh, uh, you know, he was always overweight, Frank. But uh, he says, all I know with all this presses, he's pressing, beating the press. He says, you better be in condition. <laughs> so I would tell tell my high school team, I said, take take two laps around the coach. <laughs> that's funny that's Frank you know <laughs> when we when Frank and I were assistants with Yubi 
Frank always had a joke every day, a story. It was more like a story. Yeah. You know, there were there was a priest and a and a minister and a rabbi in a in a boat. You know, yeah. and he'd imitate their how they would talk. That's right? funny. <laughs> and uh, and Yubi, when we were in in uh, Atlanta, Yubi <laughs> had the idea that uh, we should play tennis. You know, we'd practice at eleven. So we'd go out and, and play, play tennis at eight o'clock. Definitely, right? And they couldn't play tennis; they didn't know anything about. It. But being a physical education major, you took all these skill courses. At least I could play a little bit of tennis. That's you know? it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Coach, I want to thank you for today for coming on. If you don't know, the tuning in, it's Coach Hal uh, Hissel. Can you just thank you so much for coming on today? One quickie. Yeah. Go to as many. Uh, <laughs> camps like my son scott went to the he got his masters at uh yukon yep and he worked his summer camp and so one of the assistant coaches liked how hard he worked they gave him a job as a grad assistant at yukon that's awesome that's that's what you do you got to go to these camps definitely you know they can work at our camp you can work at our camp you know we've been doing a camp since i was at fordham awesome it's called Basketball World. Yeah, I saw that online. Yeah, and my son runs that. And for all the the coaches out there, you can go to coachwhistle.com. That's W-I-S-S-E-L. And, uh, you know, they'll, they'll tell you to become an insider. But if you scroll to the bottom of the homepage, you'll see not ready to join. And click here and you can get free videos. Hal Whistle, I appreciate your time. Thank you so much for coming on today. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> you know, God bless all of you guys. Stay safe. Thank you. Stay safe. Thanks, man. We'll, we'll talk. Thank you. Yeah. Guys, thank you for tuning in on 7 Foot Hard Intro on Spotify. We had a coach whistle with us. He did an amazing job. We thank you. Um, we'll see you guys tomorrow with Coach Jared Grasso tomorrow at 10 o'clock. Thank you.